Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Stalking Time for the Moon Boys. It's me, David Badil, with my co-host. Hello, da- oh, oh, hello David. Get it right. Oh, Christ. How do they do it on GMB? <laughs> never, I think... There's never a moment on Good Morning Britain where Piers Morgan says, Hello, I'm Piers Morgan, and he is, and then they saying, overlap badly, and it's all you like the, the beginning of Good Morning Britain. Every, every single morning I watch I think they it. don't think Just... about it like we do, and I think we're stuck in a vortex. Uh, we're self-consciously yeah. worrying about it now, aren't yeah. we? Anyway, who yeah. are you? I'm Tim Hinks. You're Tim Hinks, yeah. you're my co-host. Uh, yeah. We're joined on this particular one by a uh, novelist, uh, comedy writer, musicals writer, and most importantly, a bloke I play football with on Tuesday nights. Wow. Uh, it's a big deal for you. You, you know, go to this curry, you go to the curry. You go to the curry, about. you know, we talked about curry a lot. Mm. We talked almost for 20 minutes about what type of chicken mm. uh, they have in the curry, we have in the curry. Uh, John O'Farrell, hello John. Hello, David. Hello, Hi. Tim. Welcome, I'm very John. well. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, I've very much enjoyed listening to your earlier podcast. Well, that's, oh. very, that's very, very kind. It's of almost you. like you read that off a card, but <laughs> yeah, it's, nonetheless, it's, feels it's very sincere. Yeah. What curry do you have, John? Do when you know you're what? Up, you... I have got to an age where I can't have a massive curry anymore. Wow. Uh, I was saying to David in the changing mm. rooms as we were standing there in our pants. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Oh, last week I had a butter chicken, this huge, creamy yeah. thing, and yeah. it just kept me awake till three a.m. Really? Yeah. So now I have a beer and I have." Um, Mm. Or a couple of beers if I'm not driving. Well, I should say the butter chicken at the stand in Holloway Road. I've never seen a butter chicken like it. Yeah. Because uh, they, they do it very buttery and rich. And then they put some kind of cream on it that's like, not just Yogurt. cream, it's yeah, like condensed yeah. milk. Condensed cream. Wow. 1953. That's what you need to set off the buttery taste. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really yeah. unbelievable. I've thought about saying to them, can I have butter chicken without that strange white stuff? Oh, yeah, hell freaks the in, that, in the, in the restaurant. they off menu there, don't yeah. they? Well, you know, I, mean, I have been off menu. David, the, we used to have this thing, sorry, uh, we used to have this thing where in the old place that we used to go to where I would order what they called a chicken badil. That's right. Which, which was a, It was a chicken... It was a, it was a hot... Hotter Villa Madras. Madras. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a Madras, but hotter. Or, or a we, called, we dubbed it a chicken badil and they yeah. are, they started to know what was meant by a chicken yeah. badil. So you could order a chicken badil? It was the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> were, were they just <laughs> behind the scenes just going, oh my God, this guy really genuinely... <laughs> yeah. We have our pictures up. Yeah. <laughs> we have our pictures up in this carry house. There's, uh, yeah. Our really? football team has its picture up from wow. our tour of Italy and stuff. Yeah. Just have it, because I'm a bit obsessed about curry. When you say, so you have a couple of beers, do you eat anything, John? No, I have a little chicken tikka starter, a little couple of bits of square chicken. No sauce. You know what, until this was mentioned, a little while ago, mm. 
I hadn't occurred to me like that was a thing of aging. I'd not really, and then I thought, no, he's right. I can't eat. Like right. I used to be able What's to. What's that about? After. Do we think is that digestion? Just, it's about yeah, dying. Again, just everything. Right, no, it's about the body saying you don't need as much to sustain you because you're on your way to the grave. But on the other I hand, is it? Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, you were talking about the name, the standard standard, yeah, like bog right. standard. It's taken me 20, 25 years plus of going there to realise. Oh, it's the flag. You know, like the oh, royal I, standard. I didn't know that. Yeah, the is standard in India. You know, the, the standard was a big deal to, oh, okay. to plant the flag. So they don't call it the standard territory because it's, you know, it's like average. No, you know. no, but I've never really thought about curry days. I've got one around the corner from me that used to be called the Fleet Tandoori after Fleet Road. Right. It's now called Raj Doot. Okay. Now, I Meaning? Mean, well, I don't know. That's my point. Right. This is, this I don't really that. think about curry names. Do you I think don't... that it's the same as pub name? Do you think there's just a basic number that go around that they use? The curry uh, nor. The, yeah. Right. And the, there's one uh, down the road called Curry Bombay Palace as well. Mm. Curry Paradise. That yeah. sounds much better than the standard. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 if one, one just goes by names, definitely Curry Paradise. If you went in there and it was the most beautiful thing you'd ever eaten, they said, "Yes, I know, it's cur- it's paradise." Yes, of course, that's the whole point. What kind of curry do you think David Bowie would generally have? Oh, well, it's an excellent spice? segue, David. The way well, you brought him back yeah. on yeah. point. Well, it's occurred to me that traffic news on the hour. It's occurred to me that we have started the thing of not mentioning David Bowie on yeah. this David Bowie podcast, and I'm going against that now. I think I think listeners now. I think he would. Change what curry he had. <laughs> 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 you said that because I thought, what curry is he going to say with ch ch ch? Chana masala. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they have a different one each time and Chana, come up with his own curry. Chana too. He, he would change but the world of curries. I, I think what's, one of the things that's interesting that we've talked about before is if you like food, Bowie is not necessarily the go-to rock star because I think he wasn't well, he really was into food. Meatloaf. meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely into food. I don't know. One look at him. He was food. And he was, well, he was named after food. Yes, yes like me. There um, are many rock stars named after food, aren't there? Uh, no. Hot sauce? Is that a food? No, that's a, that's a production company. A bunch of Ross. But it surely is some kind of band um, as well. Black it, grape? No, but a person. Yeah, but a band. Or a, oh, but band, band or a person. After food. There's loads. Oh, yeah? There's I mean, the Chana Masala. Bread. Bread. Um, bread. Very good. Yeah. Uh, it feels Not, like there must be loads. Must I mean, Clive Anderson um, having meatloaf on his show and go, can I call you meat? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, is there no one else? Loaf to you. Hang on, it feels like there must be loads of bands and people named after food, but we've found three. Yes, I've got one, well. Chicory Tip. Chicory oh, tip. well done, yeah. But what even is that? Chicory is like a, it's like yeah. a sort of, the Americans call it something else. It's yeah, like no, but a, they, I know, my mum used to have what she thought was posh coffee, which was camp coffee. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee was like, time, and that was coffee with chicory. Mm. But the tip... Wasn't involved at all. It's not a great band, then, let's be honest. No, it's not a great band. It's kind of a 70s band, yeah, name, which yeah. doesn't They're mean anything. One or two but just now, to, to confirm on. our age, just, just, that reminds, there was a coffee, I don't think I'm making this up, in the 70s and 80s that my mum and dad have, because they were quite sophisticated. Mellow Birds? Was it, was it not camp? Mellow was it camp? It wasn't Camp, it wasn't Mellow Birds, and it wasn't Nescafe, yeah. but it was a slightly French version of Nescafe instant coffee. <laughs> yeah. Do you, does that ring any bells? Well, Nescafe is French, isn't it? Right. Isn't that a French okay. word? More French version, because it had Ooh. chicory Le in Nescafe. It. <laughs> it wasn't, but it's not far Can you remember off. what it's... You, you yeah, I remember. I just wondered if, oh, it, if yeah, you, you just, knew. Just, but just stringing us out. Oh, you don't um, know. I do. Well, what but is I it? just wondered if it was going to be a good thing. It was, unless I'm going mad, called Nescore. Oh, I don't know what that is. I and think that's that a dream. That. I think you've actually reconstructed <laughs> yeah, memories from your childhood. I think that, it's like on Coronation in. Street. Oh, you Nes- see Nes- Corrie. Corrie. <laughs> on Coronation Street, you've got to call it Nes Corrie. It had chicory in it. Okay. No. So, okay. There is another reason why we've brought Jolly O'Farrell mm. on. Right. Uh, it's not just because he's a friend of mine I play mm. football with, uh, but also he is a Bowie fan. and mm. uh, Very passionate was, one in my youth. In your youth. Oh, and specifically, he had a dog called Bowie. Right. Which is kind of interesting in a way, because if I was a 
Well, I am a Bowie fan. But if I was going to name a dog mm. after David Bowie, I don't know if I'd go straightforwardly for the root one thing of calling him Bowie. Bowie. I might call him Ziggy. Well, it's funny you should example. say that, David, yeah. because mm. I named his my dog's mother, uh, which would belong to my sister, and um, that was called Ziggy. So oh, I see. Ziggy begat Bowie instead <laughs> really? of the other way around. <laughs> well. So uh, there wasn't really a Ziggy, so that's why I couldn't go for Ziggy. Like so you just, I mean, it's just straightforward, you love Bowie, so you could just call your I dog. couldn't call yeah. it anything else. Everyone knew no. I was such a, I was such a thing about identity, and this is who I am. Right. I'm a massive yeah, Bowie yeah. fan. I've got a yeah. dog. I'm going to call it Bowie. It just well, seemed if, like... Well, if, what about other members of your family? No, this is, I was a student, so I was like oh, 19. So it wasn't I was your family dog? I, no, was, I was grown up. I went to university, and the first year at university, I got a dog. Can you imagine that? I can't I imagine it. No, I've got, got a, a dog at university. Oh, I'm show you his brother. There's a picture of he's me. He's unzipped his trousers. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at you. That's me. Is beautiful. Oh, that's me. I'll put that on, whatever. Oh, I'll put that on the take top a picture. Lovely. Picture of me with Bowie. And that is that's Bowie. Bowie. That's yeah. Bowie, yeah. Actually, I can see now looking at Bowie. What is he, a Labrador? Labrador cross, yeah. Yeah, I can see. Actually, after that, he changed his breed. That's right. Every time. That's that. He was a poodle for a while. Very good. My favourite phase, actually, the golden retriever phase. So the golden years. Hey, God, I'm on fire. So, no, but being 19 and having a dog, and everyone, all the girls, oh, he's so sweet, he's got a dog. No, so it was the sex reason. No, of course it wasn't. It was the opposite. The women are like, oh, you're so not like the other boys. Right, Yeah, I just was in a good way. Well, it's sort of like, oh, you're just nice. You're not. You don't so have sex with any of us. Yeah, I mean, because actually, I had a cat at right. uh, university, but it was kind of a street cat that I just right. fed. Right. But I sort of thought it was my cat because I like cats. But I, even then, I thought like pets is not something you can really have at university no. very easily. So not a halls of residence. No, I'd moved out in the May. I moved out of halls of residence into a, a house because I was so fed up with halls of residence, mm. and, and uh, it had a back garden, a front garden, and we were in Devon. Perfect. I was at Exeter, and so I got. I was a bit irresponsible because I wasn't really thinking what am I going to be doing when I'm back 20. to your family house when you left university, or what? Well, I never went back to my family you house. Go back I, to your I, family I, house. No, but I got to I, say, by the moment I went to university, my mum put the for sale sign up and uh, moved. Sold the whole house. I sold the whole house and and moved. Oh, I've, got to say, I've got to say, John, I've heard lots of stories of students doing irresponsible things. Yeah. Going, when you say it was a bit irresponsible, I didn't have an outside space for my dog. It's not up there. <laughs> oh, some man. of the stories. <laughs> was, if you can remember where you were when you walked the dog. <laughs> no, we did have an outside space. We had a, we had a back garden. Right. But, um, you know. So what happened to Bowie? You, you took him with you to... I'm going to say one thing, so it just occurs because I've never told you. I had a cat that I caught, weirdly, I called David. Oh. After Bowie? No, not I mean not, not nor after you. No, it wouldn't be after me. We've only become friends quite recently. Yeah. But um, so I, I, mean, I, I, I like after me. I like the idea of of sort of you know humanising yes. these. But I was wondering if you. Yeah, it's called David for no particular reason. Yeah, because I thought it's a funny as name you for do, cat. you sort of think that's so funny, and people yeah. say, "What's your cat yeah. called?" Yeah. David. Yeah. 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 Well, I thought it was more calling it calling it David was better than calling it Dave. It was just a very yes. straight yes. human name. Yeah. But of course, no one really cares what you. I mean, when you tell them it's called David, they're right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I had a cat called Chairman Meow. For no, a long I remember time. that joke. People yeah. cared so, about that. Yeah. That's a joke. I have credit. Frank Skinner, who is king of puns. Yeah. And actually, what happened was. He didn't want a cat. He doesn't really like cats. Right. I love cats. And we lived together, and I insisted mm. on having a cat. And he said, the only way I'll have a cat is if we name it the same name as the cat in True Grit. Uh, okay. He's a big John Wayne, John Wayne fan. Film, yeah. And, yeah, and, he's, and it's called The General. Okay. And, and actually some really long name, General something or other. Right. So we tried it for a bit. It just didn't work at all. It just felt completely wrong. So we, we brainstormed a name right. for a cat, and he said to me, what does it do, this cat, a lot? And it was a very vocal cat, so I said, meow. And he said, chairman, meow. <laughs> That's funny. Right, but, then, but then I told mm. this woman mm. 
Laura Keitzinger, her name is, um, who wrote on Will and Grace, right. a friend of my wife, a friend of my, my girlfriend's. And then there was a cat called Chairman Meow on Will, ah, so on Will and Grace. Yeah, and I always felt a bit pissed off. But no, no, that's good. It's, it's well, good in a way, but I think, you know, when I'd like to claim that we, I mean, Frank really came up with it, but that we had the funniest cat name ever, people say, oh, no, it was yeah, on but, Will but, and but Grace. But, oh, I see, OK. They think, oh, it's because you, you feel that people think, oh, you just copied Will yes, and Grace. Exactly. But, but yeah. I'm sure it's you a, explained to everybody. It's a comedy writer's <laughs> complaint, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I'm saying. Here. We also but, had chickens when I was a student. It's interesting because we talked a lot about whether the plural of chicken is chickens or chicken. I heard that. I was gripping. What's your view? If they're the animals, we had four chickens in the bird garden, but I'm going to get a load of chickens from Sainsbury's. Did you call the chickens after pop stars? We called, one was called Hoddle. Right. After really? Hoddle. Hoddle. So they're yeah. after footballers? This is, well, no. This, then one was called Hillary because it kept climbing on the roof, so we were right. after Henry Have you locked Hillary. her off? Then one was called Henrietta, I think, and then one was called the Incredible Zelda. Oh, wow. wow. But with, with, chair, with the Chairman Mao one, for, for example. Chairman Mao. Chairman Mao, yeah. Sorry, we were rubbish. It's called Chairman Mao. Chair, chairman Mao. I think it would be funny to call Chairman Mao. Well, he's the dictator of China. Whereas was it like just telling the same joke over and over again? Does it get boring? Well, yes, uh, well exactly. no, I did. I, I, this is a bit of stand-up, so sorry about right. this. But it did actually happen, uh, which was it always went well. Uh, and then once I went to the vet um, and just with the, with the cat, the first time I went, and the, they, she said to me, the woman on reception, what's the name of the cat? And I rather proudly said, Chairman Meow. And there was a lot of people in the waiting room. It got a massive laugh. But she just wrote on her computer, I saw her do it, Meow. Like her surname. When I went into the vet and the vet kind of got her details out, I could tell he was thinking, that's a shit name for a yeah. cat. And you How wanted... route one is that? Yeah. And yeah, I wanted to say, cat. no, no, you don't understand. It's chairman me out. But also, and I don't I know you're very you know, you love animals very much and, and we've had a lot of death of your pets. Mm. We've talked to we have. You've, I don't caused, want to... you've caused the death of but, a number but, of my pets. But was I don't know if there was a moment or not, but I think that joke You're like the Grim Reaper of my pets. I wonder what it's like when the vet goes Bad news, we're going to have to put Chairman Meow down. So suddenly yeah. it's not funny at all anymore. And it's <laughs> yeah, a sort yeah. of joke. It's like, but that used to be oh, so God. funny, and now it's, yeah, oh no. That's, that's true, it gets yeah. a bit bleaker in that sentence. Yeah. Right? Luckily, take, Chairman yeah. Meow had the good grace to just disappear and not have to be put down like right. Monkey had to be put down. Right, right. Chairman Meow realised her name you? was too funny to be in that situation. To sentence. be in that situation, yeah. So can only be just gratifyingly disappear. Yeah. I had to take a rabbit to be put down recently. And my daughter got this rabbit when she was like 11, and it was nibbles, and it was all sweet. But then. She goes off to university and yeah. then she comes home and all that and she goes to Australia. Nibbles every day we're having to give it food and let it run around the garden and it's, we're really fed up with this rabbit which will not... It used to be, don't... If you're letting Nibbles out of the cage, stand in the garden in case a fox comes. And then it became... Leave the cage open, see what happens. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. Nibbles finally has this massive tumour on it. We ring our daughter. Rabbits are quite annoying. Chris Ten Evans, years. Chris Evans gave me a rabbit live on uh, TFI Friday. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I think I talked about my then girlfriend wanting a rabbit. I talked about it on something. And she, Sarah Bowden, my girlfriend, right. had secretly conspired with him mm. to get me an enormous, oh, I mean, okay. like a fuck off floppy-eared rabbit. Good TV for a moment. Well, it was good yeah. TV for a moment because <laughs> yeah. I, I took because it was quite fun when I got the rabbit and didn't yeah. know what to do with it on TV. But then I had to take it home and it was the most curmudgeonly oh, no. fucked off rabbit. Well, yeah, I built lose... the biggest hutch for it mm. in the garden right. and it hated even being in the biggest hutch and then it disappeared and okay. I was quite pleased. Well, I was left alone with this bloody rabbit. I took it in to have it put down and they said, they took me to this Jackie parked outside in the WL line, hazard lights on, that's my wife. And uh, I went in to this... Hazard lights. Uh, yeah, hazard lights on, because I'm Strange on a double thing. yellow line. You know, I can't wait here. It's bus lane or whatever. And they said, There's, here's a room here. You can have the last few moments with nibbles. Oh, wow. And I'm going, 
Oh. <laughs> I'm on a schedule, tight schedule here, guys. Get my phone out, look at Twitter, you know, Did uh, you read have my emails. Week? Well, I was like, mm. Twitter, well, well, Twitter, you know, uh, Nibbles, you're, uh, you're on your way out in a minute. Mm. Um, and then they sent me this really long poem about Nibbles is yes, in heaven I, 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 over yeah. the Rainbow Bridge. Yes, I've got really? that for about uh, Monkey. They I got send that. the same poem to everyone. Yeah. But here's a lovely story, which we might have to mm. cut out. Um, because uh, it's a rabbit that slept with no, David Bowie. It's not a rabbit that slept with David Bowie. When Monkey got, we must go on to David Bowie. But when Monkey got put down, I talked about it on Twitter, and uh, I got a lot of people uh, being very, very nice about it. And then I added the information that I'd got a parking ticket whilst Monkey was being put down, and the head of Camden Parking got in touch and said, "We're going to scrub." Ah, oh, yeah. nice one. Do that every time. Every time. He's not worried about mentioning it. Yeah. Is he got in touch on a direct message on Twitter, so and I said. I said I, I probably shouldn't reveal this to the world. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see, see how it was. It was actually a very lovely thing to do. I yeah. thought. Anyway, yeah. wow. tell David us. Bowie. Tell us about mm. your fandom of David Bowie. We might come back to Bowie the dog because I'm okay. still interested in what happened to him. But let's just park him for a minute by the hazard lights at the vet. Yeah, no, no, and, no uh, yeah, go on. And, um, and tell us about when you first got into Bowie. I had an older brother, so he was he. I think was already listening to Ziggy Stardust and. Uh, all that stuff in 72 I think when um, Life on Mars came out in June 73 I would have been 11 years old and I thought what a great song and it, it just sort of June 73 yeah it was post-released I mean it, 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 was so it wasn't, wasn't out before Hunky Dory no no suddenly it was like what can we put out yeah. in the market yeah, that right, we've got okay. and so I, that got to like number three or something I think and um, I thought this is fantastic this song it completely got me hooked and then I think I uh, it's that process, looking back at it now, sort of from a sociological point of view, I think I just made that my identity. I was like, mm. I am going to be a Bowie fan. That is mm. my mm. thing. I think I said Bowie back then, not mm. Bowie. Um, I always said Bowie right. back then. I've started to but say Bowie latterly David since Bowie. I've been told yeah. by people that I know it's Bowie. Bowie. But I, in those days, I had much more sense of it being Bowie. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I got the albums and I just listened to it non-stop. Did you do any, you know... Did you dress? Oh God, like no! Bowie? No. Did you do a lightning strike ever? No, no. I just had the had all the albums, listened to them all the time. Obsessed about him. Because we should point out for listeners, John is in currently in full Ziggy Stardust oh, garb. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, no, no one's ever done that before. And the dress from Hunky Dory. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, he's every character. No, he looks lovely. <laughs> what he looks lovely. The old thin white Duke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just sort of obsessed about him, and I and, and, and it was quite Did a you see good. Him? I didn't see him until. Uh, Milton Keynes, so that would have oh, been eighty two. Eighty two was right. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe eighty three. Yeah. 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 Um, so no, my brother went to see the Ziggy Stardust thing. I was really jealous, but I was about t- t- twelve then. Your brother saw Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, yeah. Where? Hammersmith. Uh, I think Hammersmith Odeon. Not the gig where he. Not the last one. I don't think that was the only gig he did. No, there. it wasn't. He did. What he did? Yeah, no, it wasn't the only gig. Can I say something about that? Yeah. I don't know if you saw the very good. Uh, yeah, the documentary. documentary yeah. Before, what's it called? Finding Famous. Finding That's a show on Channel 5 <laughs> that you probably produced. Finding, I didn't actually know, but I would love to have done. It ran quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, Finding Fame, it was called, wasn't Finding it? Finding Fame, it, it, yeah. yeah um, it was sort of like pun on fame. Did you see it? No. It's really good. No, it's really good. It's just yeah. the one that's really, just gone out. Yeah. What's yeah, yeah, really good yeah. about it is, you know, if you've watched a lot of Bowie documentaries, yes. which I have, yes. you think, oh, I've seen the same clips again. It had lots of stuff I've never seen before on okay. it, including a brilliant bit where Lindsay Kemp, that sadly died just after the documentary was mm. made, just says of Bowie's miming ability, just says he was shit. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's very yeah. funny. Because it's, cause it's the very... sort of thing I th- was privately thinking. Yeah. Like, when well, they showed clips of the mime, I'm going, I'm not mm. sure. I'm, a, I think mime is shit anyway. Yes. And then, well, Lindsay know, doesn't think that. No, no, Lindsay no, clearly no. thinks it's great. But he said. He, mime is money for Lindsay. Th- yeah, there's, a film, uh, there's a film that I've never heard of, of him and David. Did you see that yeah. one? Yeah. 
The performance in the theatre. Well, yeah, it's a film or yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'd never heard well, of that. It's called something weird, something French. They used audio of Bowie. Yeah. And he's talking about those days and the mime. And he's sort of got, he's almost slightly politician-like. He's got a view on it, which is, I was kind of trying everything there and it was just an amalgam of things. And <laughs> sort of, can we, can, we, yeah. can we move on? And <laughs> okay, okay, there's three funny. different versions of that where he's effectively saying the same thing. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just an eclectic time and I was yeah. just finding my way. So the thing I want to talk about is... Yeah. Yeah. But what I want to say, I mean, I think there's a few things about that film that were interesting, but I've, we may have said this before, mm. but the only thing I thought was disappointing about it was after there was a lot of really interesting stuff about mm. the very early days and they had... Um, Hermione Fotheringay was on yeah. it and all sorts of people were on it uh, that were unusual these two blokes who were in the buzz yeah. these two old blokes who right. uh, were a bit worried that, that his version of something or other was gay what was it? Uh, gosh his, what was it? his they, version uh, of Let Me Sleep or something no, not, it was a cover yeah. Can't remember anyway. Uh, yeah, no, well, can't what happened? To no, it was a, no, it wasn't just before, oh, before that. It was 1966 oh, or 67. Oh, okay. Anyway, towards the end, it slightly lost it for me because it suddenly became all about the bloody 1972 Ziggy Stardust, House with Odeon, breaking up the band That's gig. sort of a creating, just, and, inventing and, and, history thing. There's yeah. a number yeah. of things about that because it's, it's the, what you always see. Mm. But also, that gig wasn't that fucking important. All he was doing in that gig was saying, I don't really want to play with these blokes anymore yeah. because, you know, I basically, as far as the story is that Woody and Trevor had asked for more money. Right, OK. And, and he broke the band up because of that. But he went on to do, obviously, you know, no, Aladdin Sane yeah. is still really Ziggy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he was touring and he was and doing... Well. Yeah. Big Ronson after so it. Big Ronson. And, and I mean, it's not... I know, they talk about it like it's uh, yeah. Dylan at, you know, Newport Jazz or something going electric. Well, well like... they talk about it as if it's a huge high-water mark. And actually, mm. he did obviously go on to change a lot, particularly Young Americans yeah. and then particularly yeah. low it's a huge but that wasn't such a big change it seems to me the bigger thing is no 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 the thing you've missed is he's pretending to be Ziggy Stardust yes, yes. he's not real and he's sort of I saying know, I'm not, I'm, this is the last gig no, that's the bit that you should yes, notice yes. he's well, like reading, in a play but, yes. reading, yeah. but, but reading the Bowie interviews of the time uh, he does talk about himself as if he was, you know, slightly conflated with Ziggy mm. and that he yeah, struggled with the two personas. Mm. And you sort of think, you're just going on stage and doing some mm. songs about yeah. a character. Yeah. So yeah. We've yes. talked very yes. early on in this podcast, and you as a comedy writer, I'd just quite like to your opinion about this, is I pointed out that people go on and on and on about all these characters oh, and God. how he pushed the boundaries of yeah. theatre and rock. And I pointed out, like, in comedy... A yeah. character like Alan Partridge yes. or David Brent is an incredibly fully formed yes. alter ego. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You sort of know exactly who they are, yeah, what they're going to say, whatever. Halloween Jack 
he's not that. No. Right? You know how yeah, Jackie's yeah, yeah. the guy with the eye patch yeah, yeah. and the ginger hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, just it's, just yeah. it's just a costume. It's just a costume. dressing up box. It's just a costume. Most said, of his characters are just what that. Would, They're yeah. just a haircut and yeah. some and boots. And a name. Yeah. Yeah. What would Halloween Jack do in this situation? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Sing Cracked Actor, probably, like he always does. He'd definitely sing that. It's always Rebel Rebel. This is about the only thing he ever sings. But that's the thing that sort of annoys me about the coverage of David Bowie and that the headline involving the word cha 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 changes every mm, bloody mm. time is that they talk so much about the image and so for me so much about the music mm, no, obviously, and, and the music is I think is fantastic mm. and there's a sort of 15 year period of there where he's doing amazing work and I love mm. sort of every album and I love it surprised and delighted me and they keep going on on about the costumes I know, and the bloody, it's, it's, it drives it, me yes. crazy no, it's a, but that's uh, when he died, that was the most yeah, annoying I know. thing. And yeah, I actually, I actually sent a message to Duncan Jones about that. I did a speech about it. Right. I had this weird Bowie re- thing, yeah. remembrance thing that I went to, which was very odd. But I did a short speech about it. My speech was essentially just that. Just right. saying, like, there's a lot of people talking yeah. about the gender bending and yeah. the costumes and the art. Well, he is the best songsmith yes. in British pop music, better than Lennon and McCartney. Well, don't forget that far, David. No, I, I definitely <laughs> would go that yeah. far. I, he's yeah. a better songsmith. Right. He wrote more great tunes over more albums than they did. But that is also wow. because most people don't like music. Yes, that's and I think true. mostly right. out there, mostly out there, people yeah. can take it or leave it. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. doing this podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> so we're yeah. to get six thousand. But, it, but, but it's like, but but you, you say someone, you know, do you like me? Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm right with music. Yeah, and so a bit like you, people don't generally actually have a very good sense of humour. No, exactly. Yeah, and they all I, think they do. Yeah, and I think most people don't listen to it, and if they do, they're not really taking it in. So I think Bowie, because very rarely was his so, were his songs sort of straight down the line. Yeah, what a great melody, chorus, yeah. melody, you know. Then it does take a little bit more um, investigation to yeah, understand. Yeah, actually, it and I don't love completely it. agree with that. That's good. Uh, otherwise, we just agree and move no. On but to what I think is really interesting about what you've just said is, I think you're right that people don't really. A lot of people haven't got very good ears for music, but think they have. And I think during the Great Period, Bowie's songs were unbelievably melodic, unbelievably catchy, think, unbelievably yeah. songs you could immediately mm. love. But because people don't really mm. get music. They think, oh, well, this is Bowie, so this must be kind of difficult mm. and arty, and so we're going to talk about mm. the what's other the, stuff, all this other stuff. Well, you could just say, no, it's a brilliant tune. Yeah. Clearly, it's a brilliant tune. Yeah. But you go, uh, you, if you love um, Genesis like you do, David, do. you go, there's a certain type of song there that you sort of mm. immediately go to. But with yeah. David Bowie, you mm. either go to Ziggy Stardust, or if you go to Young Americans, it's completely mm. different. If you go to Low, it's completely different again. So people aren't mm. quite sure what to hook on well, to. Well, there's a different sound. There's a different sound. But I would say in the great period... You know, all those albums have got songs on that are still unbelievably catchy, brilliant melodies on all those songs. It's only actually much later on when he gets a bit shit right. that you actually think, listen to the melody here, David. It's right. all you're doing is I, like the I same agree. note repeated over I, I and over. I think again. Bowie for me, Bowie is like like the Fender Stratocaster, okay? Yeah. Which is Ooh, this. Go on. Which is this. <laughs> Which is the the when you say which is this twice, people will think. No, yeah, because gather round the case. Gather round your wireless. Because I'm trying to think this. if I've got more than I just like them both. Right. No, no, yeah. I've got more Have because you? because the Fender Stratocaster, which is this incredible, you know, it's the thing you would draw if you draw a guitar. It's what everyone kind of electric guitar is what everyone draws. It's become the design classic. Some would say Les Paul, but um, let's, let's move on. Not for the purposes of this argument. <laughs> yeah. um, it's. Both, it combines both a sort of space-age futuristic yeah. thing with a very sort of mm. atavistic story. It's a piece of wood and it's a guitar. And I think Bowie, that 70s period, 
is really some weird sort of space futuristic, I mean, on, on one level, version of 50s doo-wop, right? right? And that's what I've always loved. I love the fact mm. that lots of his melodies are quite... Fifth, Driving yeah. Saturday is a perfect yeah. example. Yes, absolutely. It's ultimately a sort of drifter's song. Yeah, or something yeah, 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 yeah. But he's, yeah, no, this, he's yes, mucking around with obsession. it. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think that happens in, I think, yeah, five, li- years, and, uh, yeah. five years. Five years is And obviously, lyrically, he's doing stuff doing that, that is not yeah. straightforward pop yeah. music in any way. But I think the melodies often are just... Five years is literally a... A song about the end of the world with a very great with a tune. with a fifties sort of G yeah. E minor yeah. yeah yeah one of the other things about this documentary which you haven't seen is it is I mean I, we knew this anyway but it really brings home how much he was failing for a long time I know, in the sixties I know you look like, you kind of think like what was it that made him think it's I can long, do this I mean, because he literally got, he's in band after band after band he mm. gets quite a lot of little record contracts yeah. he's working with Tony Hatch which yeah. I didn't yeah. know yes. uh, producing the first few Decca or Derham singles yeah. uh, and then he's in you know, this two, band and that band the buzz the hype blah 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 and they all die yeah. he even has a hit with Space Oddity really and, then, and then Three goes back into gap. obscurity yeah and you kind of think, like, what was it that made him think? Because a lot of people were just to give it up. It's just his self-belief. I think the, the, the ego is the negative word, but sort yeah. of drive and ambition just kept him going, I think. He, and probably knowing he was talented. Well, I mean, without getting too psycho babbly about it, there is a bit in it which I really liked where Jeff... McCormick. His best mate, who looks, yeah. by the way, on that documentary... Younger than me. No, he. he, he I mean, no, what David? That's not possible. Is he having secret stem cell? Well, you know, my wife met earlier. him and knows his wife. He's a photographer, isn't he? Russ Wright, yeah. and he had an exhibition, so I really mucked up and couldn't make the. So I could have met him, and I would be able to tell you in the flesh whether he did look that young. I agree, he looked about twenty-eight. But he, but he must be the same age as David Bowie because he was David uh, Bowie's yeah, best mate together. in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. He might. Let's say he was two years younger, but even so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Jeff yeah, McCormack said, said this very interesting thing about how when Bowie's mother died, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote mm-hmm. a little note to David oh, yeah. or phoned David or something uh, and said, I'm really sorry about that. So I, to be honest with you, I don't think she ever really took to me. And David mm-hmm. said, yeah, the problem is I don't think she, she ever took to me either. Oh, God, and, okay. and that would suggest to me that if that's true, then Bowie was someone who was constantly having to prove himself yeah, yeah. to uh, someone who wasn't there or wasn't there for him. Well, and so he just kept mm-hmm. going, you know. But, you know, Lennon McCartney both lost their a pair, yeah. both mm-hmm. lost a parent in their teens. I yeah, think yeah. something in this. I no, think. definitely. There no, is I'm really annoyed because my parents are still alive. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I, I could have done so much just rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, everything I about that. you suggests yeah. you should have been a rock Everything's ready to go, my parents, parents still, insist on staying yeah, alive. And it's too risky to murder them. Can, well, I, can I tell I don't you? know if it counts if you murder them. Although it's no, quite, I'm, I'm it's hinting quite to you, it's too risky for <laughs> me to murder them, David. Okay. Okay. Well, can well, I tell you about me picking up a guitar? So, yes. so I, as a student, I'm in the student house with Bowie the dog and my mates are all in a band and they're really brilliant musicians and I, I think, oh, there's a bass guitar there, I'm going to have a go. A bass? A bass. Right. So right. I picked it up and there was an amp and everything and uh, I spent a whole day working out the riff and practising the riff. To what? To Interstellar Overdrive by Pink Floyd. Oh, wow. Which, so not a you, Bowie song. That's just you, one note, isn't it? No, I go down, down, yes, down, down. Oh, maybe yeah, you can yeah, play it. But uh, shall we play uh, it? No, yeah, yeah, okay. You're right. We should have a bit of music. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always felt that Sid Barrett was a big old influence Thanks. on early Bowie. Yeah, it's proto punk, isn't it? Amazing. They said to me, my student mate said, Why have you spent the whole day practicing the theme tune to Steptoe and Son? (laughs) (laughs) So so play that. I'm going to have to play that now. (laughs) 
And that is why I never made it as a rock and roller. <laughs> that doesn't sound that can like you, it. I can see how you might make the mistake of doing that. So that was demoralising for me. Demoralizing. As a young, is that why you're not a rock star? That's why I'm not a rock star. But I, I think that thing about um, he, how close he got to fame, you know, how he kept trying, yeah. is what we all need to keep us going because it's that sense that yeah. you know, you're so close. There's some indefinable thing he had that means all the good people make it and for whatever reason, because their parents died or because... Yeah. But the truth is, it's much more random than that, isn't it? And it actually, is. he could easily have been... Anthony Newley type, you know. Or, 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 or Paul Grape. Paul Grape? Is the name that just came to me. <laughs> was were, like, someone you never heard of. A pop star who's a food. Well, that's no, the No, what new... I mean is... No, I've, uh, that, that's probably I've thrown you by saying Paul <laughs> yeah, Grape. Yeah, yeah. Graham Lard. Oh, no, that's a food that's as well. Food. I'm stuck on a food. A name that isn't a food. I'm it's that very hard for you to do. It's chicken or... tikka masala. I know that is as well. I'm trying to think of a very ordinary name, yeah. like David, David Jones. David what? No, but I can't say David... They can't say David Jones. Um, that's his name. Graham Whitaker. Okay. So, Graham Whitaker. Who's yeah. now a civil servant doing yeah. it? Could have been, you know, he just needed one thing to happen. Yeah. yeah. And David Jones could just. But I don't could agree. Have been David Jones. Well, no, I don't agree because I think that think there's something in him yeah. that just kept him going. So he did all that stuff in the 60s with the lower yeah. third and the, yeah. uh, what they call the Conrad. The, the hype. Yeah. And yeah. Then, Conrads, then he yeah. does a Space Oddity album, has a one hit, and you mm. think, wow, well, he was number three yeah. or five or he's something. And then that's, yeah. you think he's going to be famous, and then yeah. disappears again. Two albums, even Hunky Dory didn't really make it until after yeah, Ziggy Stardust. That's right. So you're going, he got so many extra chances. Yeah, you'd feel he'd be exhausted. I you wonder if now you'd be given that many chances. I wonder if now no, your parents would be going, right. we're not helping you anymore. Well, what are the things you worry about as a parent? No, no. Well, he did. I mean, that, that was well, the other thing that you got the sense of in this documentary is that at 16 he left home and he just sort of yeah. went for it. And he was incredibly resourceful and resilient, right? He mm. didn't look like at any point he sort of, as you say, um, gave well, up. One thing but, that brings up, actually, uh, there was quite a lot of stuff about Haddon Hall. Yeah. Which is the place in Beckenham, the, Beckenham. Like the, oh, art, yeah, the yeah. arts lab, yeah. and various people talked about Tony Visconti. Now talked about how there would quite often be lots of women there, lots of naked women. They'd wake up and there'd be sort of naked women right, right. And that brings us to a point, to a slightly sticky point, but I'm going to mention it anyway, uh, which is that uh, as we talked on the last podcast, this podcast was uh, somewhat taken out of context mm. by the Mail Online and then many, many other. Uh, newspapers because we talked about a moment that I'd heard about mm. about David Bowie's love life and it was a funny mm. story mm. which apparently we're not allowed to talk about anymore which is mm. slightly ridiculous uh, but the reason I bring it up is not really to go over that story but how fascinating it was in fact in the, over the last couple of weeks to see how that story which was just really a story about a funny thing that happened in the life of a major rock star, yeah. when he tried to have a threesome, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say that, with, yeah. with some, you know, perfectly legal but quite young girls, right? He was younger, of course. It, yeah, no, but hold on. Yeah. It, the, the male decided to make that a little focus of their culture war. Right. Because it was sort of like saying, we don't care about this being a funny story on a Bowie fan, fan podcast. We're going to try and have a small vendetta against Bowie and try and bring him into, you know, into the way of the cancel culture thing that's going on at the moment. Yeah. And what I found most fascinating about that is I'd forgotten something, which is when he died, the mail ran a piece about a week later yes, I remember saying this. that Terry Wogan <laughs> had died around about the same time. I can't remember exactly when. Yes. And Terry Wogan was a much more important figure for most people in Britain than David Bowie. And most people love Terry Wogan. Yes. And this whole liberal idolatry of this gender-bending blah, 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 was all part of what's wrong with steering liberally God, God and pro-Brexit yes, and yes. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all like... Really? I mean, does anyone who's writing that... I, I can accept that there's people out there 
who prefer Terry Wogan to David Bowie. I'm sure those people exist. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and people who even think... But that's the male's job. Who to... even think, I don't think I listen to this podcast, yeah. that Terry Wogan was a more important cultural figure well, than I, David Bowie. I, I, but I don't think yeah. that anyone writing for the male I think they know that. they've got their touching a nerve. They're trying, to, yeah. they're trying to think, what do people feel about the, all this media attention on the death of David Bowie? There are some people will be a bit annoyed about it because he didn't really communicate didn't to them. I'll tell you who spoke to me. Terry Wogan spoke to me on <laughs> yeah. Blankety Blank. Yeah. And that's, they're trying to, they're trying to, what the they're trying to tickle know. that clitoris. What the David. male don't know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to make it very clear uh, to all lawyers listening and all people listening, this is not true. But I don't have to say, but it's a joke. Okay, right. ruining the joke because of a fucking... What they don't know is that Terry Wogan had a number of huge threesomes, apparently. He danced naked to the floral dance continually yeah. in order to he, lure and, and young he, women into <laughs> threesomes with him in all, all over the Caribbean. That's what's what interesting about it, Terry it, Wogan. It's a joke, lawyers. I <laughs> certainly... Remember when we were discussing a year ago about whether we should make this podcast about Terry Wogan on Bowie? That was yeah, a big was discussion. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. nice. But I've got the article here in front of me, and there's, I mean, there's lots in it. But there, there is, you can go straight to one paragraph which says, the left were quick to trumpet him, Bowie, as a standard bearer for the sexually confused. So what you've kind already of sentence got, is that? Uh, that's the one I've read out. Yeah. That one, <laughs> yeah. um, so you, you, Twitter, you, always in the vanguard of the Me Too movement, was in its element. Yeah, so that's it's a bad thing to be in the vanguard of the Me Too movement, apparently. Right, okay. so, yeah. um, and so they are talking about how this guy... I've yet, to read, I've yet to read about the night yeah. Terry Wogan came to dinner at Checkers. Perhaps he didn't. He was not exactly Cool Britannia after all. So it's all... So you're right, it's absolutely... Yeah, I've been to dinner at Checkers. Right. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Jimmy Savile. You went to Checkers with Jimmy Savile? Well, not in the same car. I hasten to add. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you were there together. Every trip. Were you, <laughs> that's not clunking. Were you... Were you, were you there with him? Yeah, yeah, it was weird, because we were thinking, oh, we're going to say something Tell embarrassing. Tell the story. Oh, God, it was oh, awful. So, great. Um, uh, Judy Dench was there. I and, do know uh, the story. And, Tell um, me anyway. Uh, Alan McGee. For those people who don't know, by the way, John was a big figure. I mean, still obviously is, but a big figure with the Labour Party in the 90s. And the, yeah, uh, you yeah. were stood for uh, the party. Ma- I, stood for, I stood for Labour against Theresa May yeah, yeah, in, in my Maiden hometown. Yeah, yeah, I went back to my hometown, was rejected en masse by the people I grew up with. He's written two books, two memoirs about being a Labour Party supporter. So this is why, and you wrote for Gordon Brown and Tony Blair. Uh, one line for Tony Blair ever, I think. What, what, but yeah, I wrote a book called Things Can Only Get Better, and then I recently published a sequel called Things Can Only Get Worse about my activities in the Labour yeah, Party. So and on the left, on the left that the Mail are talking about. Right. The Mail said, "Is Ed's pal the sickest man in politics?" Where they just <laughs> quoted all my jokes out of context and said how sick I this Labour candidate was. <laughs> yes. But anyway, checkers. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, we turned up there and we had a top beer, and I was chatting to Tony Blair, and I'm thinking, "This is weird. This is pre-Iraq. He's hugely popular, you know." And um, suddenly aware of this man behind me going, oh, oh, oh what does this you'll say? And um, <laughs> it was Tony Blair. <laughs> it was Tony Blair doing a brilliant impression, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Uh, no. click. And yeah. yeah. um, there is uh, Jimmy Savile with, and he's put on the wall, this beautiful sort of, you know, wow. English stately home. Mm. He's put some blue tack up on the wall and put up a picture of a naked woman. With what? Her, yeah, uh, with her sort of nipples covered and her groin covered with her hands but still a colour picture of a naked woman written across it in marker pen oh lord please send me Sir Jimmy Savile and so the room falls slightly silent oh at this God, slightly awkward social occasion anyway yeah. and there, and I make contact with Judy Dench and you know <laughs> Alan McGee looks at me and there's a, a, a John Reed, the minister there and we sort of shrug and Tony Blair sort of goes well <laughs> 
he does do an awful lot of work for charity. Yeah, he's no, yeah, brilliant. He literally said the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He only gets out claws. He, he smashed glass wow. in an yeah. emergency. Well, that isn't yeah. a, that's wow. the plain sight thing about yeah. Jimmy yeah. Savile. I mean, actually, interesting enough, yeah. every so often one of the things I get uh, people kicking up a in the like it's about twenty seventh on the list of things mm. that people like to have a go at me for on Twitter, but. There's a joke somewhere in fantasy football right. where me and Frank say something about the creepiness of Jimmy Savile. Right. right? And, no, but that is used by weirdos and probably bots on, on, yeah. on Twitter to say, see, the BBC knew all about him. They knew all about him. Because you were the BBC, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. BBC. Well, actually, uh, we uh, did all go, yes, when it happened. It was like, the, it's always well, the people yeah, because, you most Yeah, but that's not a conspiracy. That's no. everyone knowing <laughs> yeah. that this bloke no, was weird, yeah. a weird creep from watching him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. watching him. It's interesting that, Blair, I'll just think about it. You, you, you press that button. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the evening, I was having another, I thought, right, I was sat next to Sheree all night, so I got to get a chance to talk to the Prime Minister again. So at the end of the evening, it was coffee. I went and talked to Tony Blair. And he comes up, and Jimmy Savile comes between us, going, mm. oh, oh, I'm going yeah, to right. listen to you with this ear here, you'll see. <laughs> and it was a great big plastic ear he'd put on. It had a bullshit detector wow. on it, which is actually not a bad joke. Well, but a bullshit well. detector ear, well, it's a bit inappropriate. No, well, it is, it, no, but one of the things, I mean, it's not but, the worst of his sins. No. But one of the things, <laughs> no, no, one no. Of the things about Jimmy Savile that I always hate anyway is that he thought of himself as a self-styled, colourful character. I know, and but that's exactly funny. what I said. So and, I said yeah. to uh, Tony Blair, I said, because huh. again, it was like embarrassed silence things. We weren't oh, laughing, God, and sounds... I said, "Oh, he's just a he's just a great British eccentric, isn't he?" And yeah. Tony went, "Yes, yes, that's exactly what he is." <laughs> and, and, and and little Catherine Blair was saying to mm. she was like thirteen, and she was oh, saying to my mum, oh. she was saying to her, sorry, her, my, my wife, she was saying to my wife, "Who's that weird man?" And Jackie yes. went, "Oh, he was on telly when I was your age." And she goes, "I don't mm. like him very much." And the Blairs <laughs> oh, wow. never the Blairs never had Jimmy yes. Savile back, whereas no, Maggie had him there about ten times, I think. The um, all I think of when I think of over elaborate jokes like that is him packing that ear before he leaves. Yeah, taking the trouble out of the bag. And the, a, and yeah, yeah. And I'm going to use this. Yes. That's part of my armory, so I'll get that in the bag, yeah. and that will come out. And, and Jackie, yeah, it, Jackie yes. and, uh, what a weird thing isn't to it? do. And Jackie, and my wife. Yeah, but what about the fucking poster? Yeah, yeah, the rolling post, up the poster. The poster, yeah. rolling up the poster with send me Blue to Jimmy Savile. Yeah, I mean, and, and then and check it. And yes. then my wife, I, mean that, I that. sat next to Cherie Blair, my wife sat next to Jimmy Savile's driver. And he right. said, I mean, he, where do you live? I camp in Jimmy's garden. Okay. He must have let's had that. Not, He's let's not go, really let's, I don't often say this, but let's, let's not, not go there. there. Let's not yeah. go to Jimmy Savile's garden. Yeah. By the way, I, just going back to Terry yeah. Wogan, what are you going to say? Well, no, well, I was going to go back to Terry Wogan because I think this article has drawn me in and I think I'm quite excited by it yeah. because it's the fault lines, the battle line it's drawn are quite seductive. What's brilliant about this article is that it comes to a head by comparing Beauty and the Beast, one of the great Bowie tracks from Heroes. Yeah. Um, no, I thought you meant the Disney film. <laughs> uh, this is a Bowie I don't think, no. Yeah, I forgot. Um, the, <laughs> I forgot it, it, it is, in fact, Bowie-related yeah. for once. Yeah. The single. It's from Heroes. It was a single off for Heroes. Yeah. Comparing that to the floral dance. Because what okay. it says is, um, it says how lovely floral dance is. Beauty and the Beast was the opposite. And by the way, I don't think Beauty and the Beast is the opposite of floral dance. I think it's not quite as binary. <laughs> a cursory, <laughs> not quite as a cursory <laughs> glance at the cover. This is the shot. I think this is the shot from Heroes. Moody black and white shop of a pouting Bowie making robotic hand gestures. This is brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> sort of shows that this is not a song to be trifled with. Not a song Bowie to be trifled establishes with. a basic feeling of evil in the air through his impressionistic and non-linear lyrics. It's so brilliant. And then 
Crucially, the British public made it abundantly clear which song they preferred. <laughs> when? While this is what, so it was both okay. launched in 1978. While Terry Wogan spent three weeks in the charts peaking at number 21, <laughs> Bowie scraped inside the number at number 39 and then disappeared. Oh, well, there we have Actually, all. This well, ends but... with the difference is Sir Terry never ch ch changed. Yeah. That's why we love him. Okay. Okay. Well, they, well, they had to well, do yeah. the ch ch, -ch change. Well, look, John, John is okay. coming back for a second podcast right. next week, but I think we should go out which is better and just yet. listen to, let's just let the viewers, yeah. listeners, make their decision. Here is Beauty and the Beast. Marvellous. I mean, that and, is pure um, evil, actually. No, you it is it. pure evil. Is evil. And I, I can see why this is considered to be yeah. culturally more important. 18 and just, places higher, enchanted, <laughs> frankly, and quite right too. Just frankly a better song. Fiddle, cello, big bass drum, bassoon, a flute and euphonium. Each one making the most of his chance, all together in the floral dance.